Hearts are opened on Better Buddies. Hello, and welcome back to Better Buddies. I'm your host, RJ. With us this week, we've got Tired Calvin. Hi. And Ghost James. Hello, everybody. James is a ghost because I banned him last week. Oh, oh shit, that's right. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I said he wouldn't be on this week, but he is, so. Oh. Ooh. Spooky. Uh, this isn't James, this is Jim. Uh, yes. Yeah, this is my Jim. This is my alter ego. Yes. <laughs> and what is your CJ? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Got, and uh, then you're Ralph. I'm, I'm and, Ralph, and Jim is J. No. Yeah. Way to just dox us, RJ. Come on. Yeah, well. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter if they haven't figured out who we are by this late in the podcast. Yeah, they for real. <laughs> <laughs> it's only my name, full, like initials and last name. On the art for every episode. Hey, you got to Someone's got to take credit. You know what I mean? Why not the guy who made it? Our better buddies icebreaker this week. If I can scroll up to it, our better buddies icebreaker it. this week. What are one or two of your favorite things about yourself? Oh, got real wholesome this week. Yeah, this is. Uh, well, this is like one of those tough questions to answer because like everybody should be able to answer it honestly, but at the same time, like, answering it honestly sometimes makes you sound like jackass, you know well, what I mean? yeah, I mean, the question is, hey, be narcissistic for a moment, so... Oh, that's really easy for me. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, if anyone got one, I don't want to take up the stage. Um, I think one of my Not favorite really. things about myself is... Uh, Befriending people. I, I really like that I, I'm able to do that fairly easily. Um, oh, yeah. I may not, like, enjoy everybody's company, but I'm just comparing my experience and my history and my life. I, I find I am able to make friends fairly easily or integrate myself into social groups easily enough. But, yeah. I think that's a good one. I'm I'm trying to think about mine. There's just so many. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's just so many qualities. A whole galaxy. So humble. <laughs> yes, James's um, humility. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Truly, my humility is my greatest quality. You open the dictionary. It's just a picture of James. It's yeah. For every page, actually, there oh, are no words. You're an aardvark. Yeah, I'm everything. Are baby. you not? I didn't think I was, but I did watch a lot of uh, Arthur growing up. What a loser. This guy's not an aardvark. Get this guy out of the club. Um, we're taking back your jacket. Oh my god, where'd this uh, bouncer come from? <laughs> get out of here. Um, I would have to say... Um, honestly, I, I'd like to think uh, what I would say like is adaptability or like resourcefulness, which could literally, literally just mean like being able to... Having low standards, I guess, is another way to say it. Um, <laughs> but, like, I would say uh, I learned pretty young, like, how to kind of roll with most things. That doesn't mean I don't have, like, my odd moment or two, but I'd like to think that I've learned how to, like, take situations as they come and kind of just, like... Improvise, it, adapt, and, overcome. Improvise, adapt, <laughs> overcome, like uh, Wise Man Bear Grylls once said. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'd like to think that's something I do uh, all right and has served me well. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, Calvin, have, have you had any thoughts on what you like about yourself? Not really. Not much. Oh, there's got to be something. Not really. Your outdoor skills? Eh. I, I'm going to volunteer your outdoor skills because there's something that impresses me. Sure. I'd like to say, uh, I'll say Cal's ability to make a decision when it counts. Uh, on, honestly, <laughs> sounds sarcastic know, in the moment. No, no, no that's, my thing. that's why it's perfect. Is because, like, yeah, like you can be indecisive. That's that's true. Uh, that's you know what. At the same time, I've been in situations with Cal where he's had to like make a tough decision, uh, and he's made the right one. 
And those are like, have I been there for those moments? <laughs> yes, you have. You just, you just don't think they, they matter. Cause that's like who you are is you just make that decision. Cause you're like, someone's got to make it, you know? So that, I think that's a, that's a quality I've come to admire in you sir. There we go. Wow. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I'll take credit for James's compliment too. There we go. Yeah, why not? It's a it's a group effort. James, James is too <laughs> humble to take the credit. I am. Yeah. I'm really. I'm too humble. I've got all these dictionary pages to edit. You know. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, our next segment: Better Buddies recommend. Where we recommend a piece of media to enjoy. Uh, oh boy! And I do. I got like a, a oh. mini wreck to throw in, in before mine because James, you made me think of this. Um, so I've been reading the book. I'm not done with it yet, so I can't recommend it entirely. But I've been reading the book, The Great Cat Massacre. Uh, what? The Great okay. Cat Massacre, which is a book our uh, European history teacher in high school had. Is this about the Black Plague? No. No. It's about specific periods in France pre-revolution. Like, that, that period leading up to the revolution. But it examines... Mm. Uh, it's got like a bunch of different essays examining different aspects of society at the time. Uh, one, really? the first one examines Little Red Riding Hood and folklore and the impact folklore had on the peasants and like their view of the world. The Great Cat Massacre was the apprentices and the of like the the writing writing shops or the uh, the printing presses and how the apprentices would get back at the masters without like getting in trouble. But okay. the last one I read was about the encyclopedia <clears throat> and how it was an attempt to different differentiate from the dictionary and r classify information and categorize information and impose a, sy a system on the world. Hmm. What can I ask, were these essays written in the time before the revolution or is this uh, something modern. that was written? Okay. That's still um, but it's taking a very specific look at texts that are, can, that are not necessarily considered historical beyond, like, time marking. Um. Okay. Uh, one of the, the last section I read, or the, the last section to cover, was about the state of authors during the time period, particularly in Paris, where a inspector, a, a member of the police force, had to keep an eye on all of the authors to make sure they weren't printing, uh, evil pamphlets or illegal pamphlets decrying the crown. <laughs> evil. I like to imagine he is, he was basically like a mermaid man. I mean, <laughs> just some old guy running around the streets going like evil. The best thing about it the is the dude wasn't that he actually admired okay. the authors for their skill and would critique their works. Okay, was this inspector, uh, so was this, like, uh, trying to stamp out anti-revolutionary sentiment, or was this still under the monarchy, where uh, they were trying to stamp out So it was trying to stamp out okay. anti-monarchy pamphlets and anti-religious pamphlets, uh, as well as indecent pamphlets. Um, How have you not seen a movie about this? That sounds really interesting. Yeah. That character, at least, right? And this huh. officer would, like, he had documents and portfolios on everybody and just kept meticulous notes on people and as much as it was trying to like be it, it, it was subjective it was so like lightly subjective that like yeah it's accurate information but every so often there'd be a snide comment or a compliment in there about like oh yeah that prose is pretty good or ooh, he keeps bad company <laughs> that's pretty good i like that my real recommendation this week mm -hmm. is Battle Block Theater, the video game. <laughs> oh my god. I've never played it, but I've seen a whole like cutscene thing on uh, oh. YouTube. Cause that, that thing may as well be a TV show. That's so fucking funny. The cutscenes are great. They're funny. It's I think one of my favorite parts is how it toes that line between crude and vulgar. Um... And it's it's very obvious because they're not trying to hide it at all, but it's there, and it's like I see what you're doing. We know we in, we both know what you meant. Um, but then the other thing being the gameplay, it's a platformer. I think it's um I don't know if unique is the right word, but I enjoy the mechanics. Um, you got boats you can pull around and like move around to 
platform around. The platforms are all pretty um, self-contained within a certain area, but you can move vertically and uh, horizontally. And I just had a I had a real hankering for playing a platformer, and Battle Block Theater filled it. Nice. Also, Will Stamper as the narrator slash like voice actor is like awesome. Yeah. In that in that game. and again, I haven't played it, so I don't. I, I'm not uh, like practically familiar with the mechanics, but his like that's like a singular performance. It's pretty great. <laughs> uh, I will give it this credit. I'm someone who likes to watch or listen to other things while I play video games and turn the volume down. I do not do that for Battle Block Theater. I have the volume on. Nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, that is that is the highest credit I can give it in terms of audio. Hell yeah. Who would like to go next? James would. I can go. Yeah, I'll go. James uh, too humble I to watched... say it himself. I, I, yeah, I need someone to introduce me. That's how humble I am. <laughs> um, I require an introduction. No, I... Uh, uh, okay. So, I'm going to get to the point, but there's going to be a, bit of, a, a little bit of lead up. Um, I, uh, based on um, something I was talking about with RJ uh, last week, I watched three Baz Luhrmann movies. Um, I watched Romeo and Juliet. I watched Moulin Rouge. And I watched The Great Gatsby. Um, I'd seen The Great Gatsby before. Uh, I had seen part of Moulin Rouge. I'd never seen Romeo and Juliet. Um, I'm going to make a recommendation. One, if anyone... If you're a fan of movies or if you like movies like anybody, uh, I would say watch a Baz Luhrmann film. Uh, these are not his only films, but they are arguably his most popular. Um, I Out of the three... Uh, for like a uh, quote unquote casual cinema goer, um, none of these films should be like taken lightly, mainly because of their length. None of them are under two hours long. Um, I would say the one I would the one I would recommend uh, for people would be The Great Gatsby, uh, mainly because out of the three, it is the least um, kind of uh, uh, out there. Yeah, stylistic is what I would say. Like, in Romeo and Juliet, it's set in, like, a modern city, like a Los Angeles kind of analog, uh, but it's called Verona, and all the dialogue is um, straight from Romeo and Juliet. So you have, like, DiCaprio is Romeo, and Claire Danes is Juliet, and John Leguizamo as, like, Tib Tybalt, and uh, Paul Servino as, uh, as I think, uh, like Mr. Capulet, all these actors and characters running around in like a modern nineties, Los Angeles setting, but they're all screaming at each other in like Shakespearean iambic pentameter. So, um, the movie looks great that it's a great film to just watch, uh, Baz Luhrmann's style can be a little bit like nauseating. Sometimes it's, it's a lot to take lots in. Lots of quick um, cuts. Lots of quick cuts. A lot of like, it reminds me a little. Reminds you a lot of quick, what? Uh, like Robert Rodriguez or like Spy Kids. You know how they do those like quick mm. cuts and they'll speed up it's the, the same thing. <laughs> it's yeah. I, I mean, sometimes, honestly, sometimes, yeah, there are shots that look like they could be out of a Robert Rodriguez film, but uh, oh, it's still. You said Robert Rodriguez or Spy Kids. Robert Rodriguez did Spy Kids. Well, did you do no, machete I, kills? Well, he did. He did yeah. do machete kills. Yeah. And then he also did. Um, oh, Shark he did. Boy and Lava Girl. No, he did some movie with Quentin Tarantino, some like double feature. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. um, he, he, the vampire Brian, thing. Grindhouse. Uh, oh. Well, he also did uh, uh, From Dust Till Dawn. From I Dust Till Dawn. That's what I was thinking of. But, um, no, so Baz Luhrmann, Baz Luhrmann is, is, is great. Uh, Moulin Rouge is kind of the same thing. It's very, like, that movie, I just finished watching it. That movie is a fucking trip. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I have no, like, it's sometimes when you're watching it, like, I could see being in the theater and being like feeling claustrophobic because this thing is just like coming at you like out of the screen. Um, but still, like Nicole Kidman and uh, 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 Ewan McGregor throw themselves into their performances. It's beautiful. It's great. You should watch it. Um, the one I will most recommend is The Great Gatsby, not only because it's maybe one of the greatest American stories ever written, um, but also because uh, it is his most accessible film um and i think it is his movie that feels the most to me like a movie it still uses a lot of baz Luhrmann, like stylistic quick cuts and a lot of kind of over exaggeration and a few sound effects here and there but it is his most toned down 
Um, and for that reason, uh, it feels like not to sound too pretentious. It feels like his most mature. It's very, um, it, it, it's taking its story seriously and not subordinating itself to Baz Luhrmann's style. Um, so it's, uh, I think it's worth noting also that that is his of the three his most recent. Uh, y- other than like his most recent I mean, popular of the three one you, you mentioned. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you're right. Uh, Romeo and Juliet is the earliest. Moulin Rouge occupies the middle. And then Greg Gatsby, yeah, is uh, is is the most recent film relative to the three. And I would I'd recommend it. Um, uh, I, I like I said, like uh, I was very surprised. The only ex- uh, exposure I'd had to Baz Luhrmann before yesterday really was the Greg Gatsby. And I remember watching that in high school and not really liking it like really not getting into it and after watching these three movies of him um of his uh i can see the appeal um i can really see it so i would suggest the great gatsby uh overall like in general uh overall um i would say just watch a Baz Luhrmann movie just pick one he's only done two other ones that you didn't list and great gatsby is the last movie he did oh really <laughs> Did he not do Australia? Is Australia not? That okay. was before Great Gatsby. Was it really? Okay, I didn't yeah. know that. I thought Australia and then was. He after. did one more strictly ballroom. Yes, oh. that's his first. Yep. You know that he he's having one come out. Elvis, twenty twenty two. It says on Wikipedia, which like biographical it, musical drama. I hope. I hope that this one is his like because he's starting to get a little bit older he's been around for almost like 30 years at this point so he's, he's starting 58. to be, i know but he's like starting to reach his, like, <laughs> like, you gotta Spielberg? look at director Spielberg's probably like mid-70s yeah so yeah. has got okay. time herman's got time but like what was spielberg's last good movie uh moving on <laughs> And yeah, exactly. I'm trying to think of Ready Player One. Come on, James. Actually, the, the cinematic even, masterpiece. Don't even fucking joke about that, Calvin. Don't even fucking joke. Because it's so good. What is the last thing? Oh, wow. The last thing he directed was West Side Story. Oh, that's right. He's coming. And then okay. before that was Ready Player One. Perfect. Oof. Oh, okay. So I think West Side Story could be good. But again, this is like directors have lifespan like athletes do. So I hope Baz Luhrmann come out uh, before he gets too old and he makes something embarrassing. <laughs> Indiana Jones, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Indiana oh, yeah. Jones 5? <laughs> oh, my God. Are they actually going to get Chris Pratt for that? Do no, you think? Ford's on set. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> He's back. Dude. Dude, how can they? Dude, Harrison Ford's got to be like almost eighty years old. Yeah, but he wants that yeah. paycheck. A man's oh, yeah, gonna be a walker fighting. <laughs> like it can't even be Nazis anymore. He already fought communists. Well, he keeps I, um, he keeps crashing his plane, so we'll see if he makes it through filming. He's just trying to kill himself before George Lucas or Steven Spielberg get him for another movie role. <laughs> I just want to die. Oh, <laughs> Considering he? how many hundred he's seventy eight. Shit, dude. Oh, he's, he's got literally time. the same age as Biden. You don't think about that, do you? Yeah, but I think Harrison Ford's in better shape. Yeah, oh, well, yeah, he's Harrison Ford compared to Joe Biden. It's <laughs> <laughs> no offense to either of them, but it's just, you know, that's Harrison actor Ford. versus politician. Which one wears on you more? Oh, I would say, I would honestly say movie star. A movie star like Harrison Ford, the amount of shit he's had to put up with. Oh, my God. I mean... Is, yeah, but he's Harrison also going like, to stay in better shape, relatively speaking. That's also f- that. That's also fair. That's part of the job, I suppose. That's fair. Calvin, do you have anything you want to recommend? Uh, I was trying to think of something, and I can't. <laughs> Ready Player One? <laughs> no. I thought it was a no. fun, bad movie. I enjoyed the movie. I thought the movie was fun. Uh, I also enjoyed the book. I know James hates the book. Well, I, James hates fun. I yeah, sh- shut up, RJ. Um, <laughs> I know what fun is. <laughs> um, fair enough. This he fair. watched six hours of Baz Luhrmann new movies. He knows what fun is. And now I know. Yeah. I got a crash course. <laughs> oh, you know what? I was looking at the Steven Spielberg filmography and this popped out. I don't think I've recommended this, but I might have. But um, it's not even Spielberg, but he was a producer. Uh, Super 8. 
Oh, by J.J. Uh, Abrams, right? Abrams directed that. I'm pretty sure. Did direct that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I really like that film. It's yeah. like a classic. Is it? I don't know. What is that style? It's like that 80s kind of kid adventure film where there's like some sort of big thing going on and it's following the kids and it takes place in like the is it the 80s it's like a 90s? shoulder it's like a shoulder period between the late 70s and like the early 80s because okay. they're they're like costuming like how they dress is very in 70s but like it's starting to get to the 80s like it was like yeah it's also when mm-hmm. uh yeah super 8 cameras like kind of first came out right is this time period yeah because like... it's based yeah Super-grade, so the title yeah. of the film is based off of um that these kids are making trying to make a movie and they're right. using a super 8 camera camera i also believe that was the first thing abrams filmed on isn't it isn't that kind of the inspiration for this i mean well probably i thought i heard that somewhere i don't know if that's true or not no i mean i like i don't know if it's true either but i wouldn't be surprised given abrams age like he probably would have had access one of the one of the cheapest cameras or earliest ones he would have had access to would have been like a super 8 camera that's what people used for filming home movies so that's what Mm. kids would have it was when he was growing up that was his version of like a like a camcorder you know what i yeah. mean so yeah. yeah yeah so i would highly recommend super eight it is a very fun little sci-fi film with like just like i said following the kids it's all about these kids running around town trying to figure out what's going on very spielberg and feeling um, and he did produce it, but it's also very J.J. Abrams. And honestly, probably one of my favorite things Abrams has done. I I would agree. I haven't seen, um, didn't he do Fringe? He did like some TV show. He he worked with somebody on like Fringe or Lost or something. Like he did that. Lost. Yeah, Abrams is Lost. Did he really? Okay. okay. Yeah, he, yeah, he did. He was the guy behind Lost. His production company, Bad Robot. They, they all, yeah. He's the reason it was Purgatory, but not Purgatory, but oh wait, it's Purgatory. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah, spoilers for Lost, for like one of the most watched series endings ever. Um, Holy crap! I just pulled up Abrams' filmography. He hasn't like done anything hardly. Yeah. Uh, really. he, he, no. uh, as a director, he's only done Mission Impossible Three, Star Trek Super Eight, Star Trek Into Darkness, and then Star Wars: Force Awakens and Rise of Skywalker. Those are the only things he's directed. I don't know why, but he I, he's just like such a big name. It feels like. Production. I, think it's I guess it's did. because he produces so much. Produces, he helps write. I think he's also related to somebody in the industry. Um, I want to ah, say. So he's me. an industry plant. See, yeah. I, th- I was well, going into that list expecting, like, okay, yeah, it's going to be a short list, but I didn't expect to have heard of every movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, J.J. Abrams is kind of like... it. it he's kind of like the the modern era's answer to Spielberg in a way. Like, I, I don't yeah. want to say that entirely because I don't think he, like, not to undercut J.J., I don't think he's as creative as Spielberg or he doesn't have that Spielbergian touch. The guy's never made a movie like Jurassic Park. Um, however. But who has? Uh, Come on. That That's also fair. No, that's <laughs> like, that's, like, the guy's never painted the Mona Lisa, <laughs> you know? Um but no, I, I uh, remembering like Super 8, it's kind of insane, like um, how much of a cultural impact that movie had. Like, I'd argue without Super 8, we don't get Stranger Things. Uh, uh, I don't know if it's that influential. Yeah. Um, I think Stranger Things came back more because of the resurgence of Dungeons and Dragons as a whole and things like Ready Player One with the return to of this like 80s nostalgia explosion um you also have to give a little bit it of was at the beginning who did stranger things because they lived in that same time yeah. period oh yeah i but, would say though that like because I, I agree like i like and i don't want to undercut anybody's like, creativity or originality no, but i do i do <laughs> do it <laughs> i do think before um super eight you didn't see a whole lot of movies about the on in this more like that we're treating that time period in the way that 80s movies like coming of age movies like stand by me treated the 50s as like a, a, a romantic time period in american history that deserved to be codified and remembered and almost mythologized and i'd argue that 
what Abrams did, not just in terms of the story, but in terms of just overall, like, aesthetic, the feel, the the actual movie um, itself, like, really helped people think of the 80s in a different way as something that was, yes, gone, but still deserved to be remembered in a sense. That's fair. And he didn't play up, like, a lot of 80s stuff, 80s throwback stuff of, like, how, like, um, they tend to go, like, that cheesy route. Because looking back, a lot of things that came out in the 80s were pretty cheesy. So yeah. I would agree that you were right that it does kind of play the more serious look of like, this is a film from 2011, but it's set in the 80s and that's just what it is. Um, mm-hmm. But I would also argue, I always got the feeling from Stranger Things, uh, very limited of what I watched in the trailers and all that stuff. I honestly don't think it it feels in that reverent whatever words are hard reverential whatever <laughs> yeah, yeah. uh feeling of the 80s. I I think it does. It definitely does, but I think it tends to skew more into some of the cheesiness and stuff maybe because of its more central focus on the pop culture of the 80s and less hey the 80s are a thing. <laughs> I, no, I, I actually, I think you're pretty dead on. I think, like, Stranger Things was a show that took, it was supposed to take place in the 80s, but it wasn't, like, um, wasn't built around that concept. Like, the, the show quickly moved from, like, um, 80s culture to more focusing on character drama. And um, the characters, like, the characters in Stranger Things are, they almost feel like characters out of like the Goonies or like, yeah, there's Bueller's day off, you know, very like corny, like almost 80s stock kid characters, but still very compelling to watch. Whereas like the kids in Stranger Things feel you said Stranger Things twice. I'm sorry. Super Super eight for the second one. Yeah. Super eight was super eight was the first one. Super eight was the really what? Yeah. And what I mean by, I don't get that at all. No, 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 no. What I mean by corny is not, like, bad. What I mean by corny is, like, The Goonies is kind of a corny movie. 80s movies have, like, a degree of camp to them. That's what makes them kind of celebrated. They had this kind of, like, carefree, um, uh, uh, like, empathetic energy to them. Whereas, like, Stranger Things, I'd argue, maybe because it's a television show, it gets more time to develop. But, like, uh, the characters feel way more modern to me they feel way more like they they speak like modern people more like people like kids who were born in 2000 or something you know whereas like kids and stranger things they sound like they were from the late 70s or early 80s um (laughs) now you're confusing me because you just said two different things again (laughs) i'm oh my god james he's in things twice (laughs) okay 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 Okay. okay. Uh, <laughs> Do the kids in Stranger Things talk modern, or the kids in Super Eight talk modern? The, sorry, the kids in um, <laughs> Stranger Things talk modern. Okay, they, that's they, what I thought you were saying. Of, oh man! Like there is, there is. Uh, whereas in um, Super Eight, like it's way more. I feel like yeah, they're like obviously they're they're people from now so they're gonna feel like people from now but in super eight to me felt very um believable as 80s late 70s early 80s kids whereas like stranger things feels more like people who know what the 80s are relatively speaking but they're they're kind of just like play acting what they think the 80s were like while still being modern people it's like a yeah. really hair splitting difference um and but i don't know if was... it makes any sense okay no that's yeah. what i was saying in that i felt like stranger things were more po- focused on the pop culture of the 80s and less focused on the actual being in the 80s and all that stuff i feel like the stranger things characters are just like pop culture like of the 80s kind of personified and whereas in super 8 it's more yeah there is still definitely that aspect there um it just felt more like these are kids from the 80s okay i get what you're saying i wasn't listening no that no, no, no. <laughs> i i, I should have heard you the first time no yeah that makes some um, no that makes sense yeah that's what i would say too i haven't seen that movie in like 10 years now i want to watch it jesus christ oh, super it's good it's on hulu oh, i believe is it really oh, yeah fuck nice 
I haven't seen it, but I will back up the analysis of Stranger Things, because I've seen that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Our next segment, How to Be a Better Buddy, where we give some real and some humorous advice. Our first question, how do you deal with anger? Do you ever feel like you're not supposed to be angry? Just internalize it, bottle it up, nothing bad can happen. Shove it down, deep down. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, um, yeah, I, I, I guess in a way, yes. Like I think men are expected to, I think, I think both men and women are expected to retain certain emotions like in both public and even in private. Um, I would say, yeah, yeah. In a way. Um, I don't really know what, (laughs) see, like, yeah, like, you're not supposed to be angry. Like you're like oh, okay. a- actually angry. Like you're supposed to play it up a little bit. Like oh yeah, I'm gonna get you. But like you can't ever actually <laughs> be angry. You know. Oh, okay. Yeah. That that makes makes sense with what I was gonna say. It was like no. Yeah. It's a it's a the stereotype is that dudes are angry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd say the be- best way to deal with it internalize it a little bit. Don't bottle it up and push it down like they suggested. I, I disagree with that aspect. <laughs> do but, uh, it. Yeah, do it. <laughs> it's it's a matter of self-control. Because you can be angry. Be as angry as you want. But in response to that anger, what do you do? Do something productive or calming. Go take a walk. Analyze the situation. Rem- if you can, remove yourself from the scenario. If you can't, just take some deep breaths and count five green things in the room but then you can't find the fifth green thing and you get angry that you don't have five <laughs> green things <laughs> oh my god it's worse <laughs> and it just continues therapy doesn't help it hurts for real though that feedback loop i hate that feedback loop because i'll get angry i will understand oh, yeah. exactly why i'm angry and what it is that's making me angry and I'll be trying to calm down, and then I will get angry that I'm not calming down as fast as I want to be, which makes me angrier. Why am I still angry? (laughs) I'll just get angry at the fact that I feel like it's necessary to calm myself down. Like, as in, like, how did you let yourself get so angry that this is the point where you're having to, like, count things in the room, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't know. That's, like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's tough. Um, I will say, I never feel like I'm not supposed. No, I, I I think what you're talking about too with that feedback loop is like that's where like there is a bit of righteous anger where like usually when I actually get angry, angry, like really, really angry about something, like usually in some way it's justified. But then you get angry that you're like close to losing your temper. You know yes. what I mean? Which is also justified, but it's also like it's like you're getting angry at like a childish version of yourself it's it's like a weird dynamic it's hard to explain but it's like you know you should be better than this you know what i mean and you're just like not and it's upsetting one of the other things that annoys the heck out of me when i do get really angry is i want to break things like breaking things is a satisfying catharsis but i don't live in a world with things that i can break (laughs) You just got to go to one of those fancy uh, places in New York, those like destruction rooms or whatever that they had like two or three years ago. Like Kim Kardashian went into one where they just give you like a sledgehammer and some goggles, some gloves. You can just smash whatever you want. Like in that the room. sounds like, so fun. fun. I know. Can we open one of those here? I would. I would do that. I'd do that. Well, so we, we. I mean, I guess we don't need to like buy anything except for a sledgehammer, and then we could just go find a car. Why don't we just turn the whole Midwest into one of those? There I we mean, go. Yeah, Calvin just like just... let's enact the purge. Free Rome. Wait, yeah. no. <laughs> Hell yeah, GTA Chicago. Yeah, the purge yeah. forever or whatever that movie is is coming out. I don't want the purge. Yep. Yeah, I don't want the purge because it's like the the stupid teenagers always. But it's just, just like the anger purge where you're all like property crimes are allowed. Physical crimes are still not allowed. Like, so you can't hurt another person, but you can do anything to property. Uh, but I feel like that's not a purge. I feel like a purge doesn't have limitations. Yeah. Oh, mm. I'm going to move away from this topic before we get hit by the <laughs> <FBI>. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> That's fair. This is fair. Uh, so yeah, be angry. Uh, f- look up some calming techniques like that work for you. I personally, I'm a big fan of deep breaths. And uh, it's okay to be angry. It's just not okay to express that anger in detrimental, dangerous, or destructive methods on the world around you. Be a man. And be in control. James, you're making me angry. All right. <laughs> be in control. <laughs> be a man. Our next question. At what height do you consider other men short? With the further details, I'm five foot seven. Not me, but the question asker. Uh, the question asker is five foot seven, so unequivocally a short guy, but it's never held him held them back, so they don't mind it. What they're wondering, though, is that they see a lot of people post their height on social media, and they're like 5'9", 5'10", 5'11", and they are getting called short and made fun of by other guys. They find this bizarre, as these are pretty average heights for a white guy, and tall for some other communities. To be fair, this is mostly in fitness communities, so it might just be memes. It did get them wondering, though, at what height do other men look at a guy and say, he's a short dude? James, this is a question for you, because you're obsessed with height. I know, dude. This is like uh, I've I've done a lot of schooling in this area. Um, <laughs> a lot of thinking. Um, honestly, Ooh. like any guy, any guy is going to look. Like, I'm going to answer. Any guy is going to look at a guy who's shorter than them and say, in their in the back of their head, maybe not right away, but in the back of their head, they're going to be saying that's a short guy. Yeah, but how tall? Be are shorter you? than I'm. I'm ten. I think like. Oh, you're short. Uh, what do you mean, think? You know. <laughs> no, I have been measured. I swear to God, I've gone to the doctor's office like three times in the past three years. And at, like, I've gotten 5'9", I've gotten 5'10", I've gotten 5'11". Like, I've gotten... You just need oh, one more for the set. Serious question. I know, dude. Um, I need four. Have you had new <laughs> shoes at the times of any of these measurements? No, I've been wearing the exact same as in like... Like, not the exact same, but I've been wearing uh, like white Whips? Converse high tops. But, you like, know. the same pair or a new pair? Uh, for two years, yes. For one year, no. Because I will say, I wear my shoes until I wear out the bottom of them, and I lose, like, a half inch. Yeah. And you don't and gain that, two inches. <laughs> no, like, at most, I think most, like, shoes, like a Converse or, like, flat-bottom shoes, like any tennis shoe or whatever, is going to give you maybe half an inch in height. Like, maybe. Um, But, I don't know, like... It's definitely like guys worry about height like women worry about their weight like it's like it's it's just one of those things that Wait you to stereotype I'm, wait, this question is stereotyping you <laughs> sexist trash um or whatever whatever women worry about whatever we'll get a girl on the show none of us are women i can't answer that ha, question that'll happen. Uh, if, well you never know calvin never you, you never know but Make a note um, for next week Taking a note. <laughs> a woman on. What do you worry about the most? What's your biggest insecurity? Just like physically. You know? um, Please tell us on this po- public podcast that's being broadcasted to the internet. And don't worry. I'm just going to sound to like all my friends. Um, <laughs> just well, everyone. You have nothing yeah. to worry about. No, I, I would say like I definitely get that because I like I've heard like some guys who are like six one complain that they're short. You know Wait, what I mean? Really? I've walked in. Yeah, seri- yeah, yeah, every every guy deals with it, dude. In the words of a wise man, there's always a bigger fish. Always, <laughs> right. always a guy bigger than you out there. There's girls out there bigger than you. You know, like I don't know. Like I, I I'm not trying to be one of those guys because I know I fall into that like mid mid range of heights where it's like you don't really have anything to complain about. You're pretty much set. You're not tall. You're not short. You know, it's mid range. But like. That's what you got to keep in mind. Is is it? it you know, I'm going to answer the question. Five yeah, feet I, I, four I, inches, yeah. which I believe is the same height as Robert Downey Jr. No way, he's like five six, dude. Uh, maybe he's five six. No, but still, like because like Gwyneth yeah, Paltrow, five nine. That's the other thing. James is obsessed with the fact that he thinks everybody in Hollywood is constantly and always I, lying about their dude, height. You fair. say this as, as though it's not like a known fact that people oh. in Hollywood lie. Sorry, <laughs> like, I like, were both wrong. Robert Downey Jr. is five foot nine inches. Oh, he's not. See, James doesn't believe that. He's not. Hang on. He's... I See, <laughs> the guy is like Gwyneth Paltrow, though. She's five nine. The guy is like maybe five seven. He he's he wears like heels and inserts. A lot of guys do in Hollywood. 
There's yeah, no way you would have five eleven. Five nine what? two. Because they know had to why? Okay, yeah, the Robert Downey Jr. one is wrong because it's a known fact that they had to stage certain shots because she's taller than him. Yeah. Well, maybe the Gwyneth Paltrow one's wrong. I mean, there's, there's <laughs> supposedly there's rumors that sometimes they'll they'll like inflate guys' heights by two inches and they'll deflate women's height by like a couple inches as well. It's like totally up in the air. You can't believe anything you read about that shit. <laughs> Wait, trust what? you can't believe everything on the internet. I know, no. Calvin. Isn't it crazy that Hollywood people lie? Why would they do that to us? Why? Why would they? No, but I don't know. I don't I'm think I five, like. Four. I'm gonna say five feet. Is that short for a girl? Oh, I thought we were talking about Robert Downey Jr. Still, it's like there's no ways we're five four. <laughs> no, no, uh, short for a guy. I'm gonna say like five four. Yeah. For what determines short for a guy? That's that's when I look at a guy and be like, oh yeah, that's a short dude. I I would say you'd have to be shorter than the average woman, which would be like five three at the most. Yeah. Be short for a guy. You know what I mean? But isn't height just like a mental thing? Hey, you want to be five three and find <laughs> that out, Calvin? <laughs> Calvin, yeah. how tall are you? I'm five ten. All right. See, I'm six three. <laughs> <laughs> I'm seven feet tall. <laughs> oh, that is that is one of those things that does annoy me though. Like where I get this guy on like social media dating apps, or women are like, nobody, uh, nobody, uh, five eleven or under. I I don't date short guys. It's like. Lady, you don't really get average height ranges, do you? That literally proportionally, that would be like if Move we're taking to the, the Netherlands. Av- then, if we're taking the average woman's height to be like five four and porting that over proportionally, that'd literally be like me saying like, "Uh, no girls under six five. Sorry, too short." <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like very few, very few men are actually like six feet or above. Yeah. But I also don't know because, like, the younger generation just seems tall. But maybe I'm just like prematurely old. I have no idea. I'm hunched. I'm a hunched Irish man. Just leave me alone at the bar. Let me drink my drink. I don't care. Uh, so yeah, there's our answer on what how short is short for a man. It's uh, leave me alone at the bar and let me drink. That's it. That's a good answer for a lot of things. You never know. Our next question. I'm accepting a position in a large midwestern city. I'll be moving from the south. So, uh, whoops. What is the best advice on moving to another city? I am accepting a position in a large Midwestern city. I'll be moving from the south to... So what are some tips or some things I need to keep in mind to make this easier? Tip number one, get cold weather gear. Yeah, I was about to say, you're going to freeze to death this winter. Good luck. Get a scarf. Ice salt. Like, don't eat it. It's not actual salt. No, it doesn't taste We know someone who did that. Wait, what? Wait, really? Uh, I'll tell you after the podcast. I won't shame them publicly. (laughs) No, that's Um, fair. Yeah, we don't need to publicly shame anyone. Um, so is it implied that this person already knows where they're moving to? Like, what city? Yes. They're accepting a position in the city. They know what city they're accepting the position in. That's fair. I would, I would say, give your like, if you have the time or the money to spare, give yourself a day or two to go to that city. And see, what we think of it. That's what I would it's say. A little late. They've already accepted. It sounds no. Like it's definitely no. You're already locked in. But but if you're moving there, you must have already had a an an okay view of it to begin with. So I would say like it, like before you're moved in, it's like to be somebody who's not from there, walking around there, and just see what it's like. Like see what you think. Go go to restaurants, go to bars, uh, visit a hotel, like see a movie. You know, see like find a spot or two that. You might want to go back to um when you actually move there uh if you've already yeah, locked you in have... a lease of some sort still yeah. do this but make sure you get like give your job enough time that you can like oh i start in a week so i'm gonna spend this week getting out into the city and exploring yeah i think i think even not even just to be like oh what's the cool you know what are the coolest spots to go to or what's a what's a place you know i can i can go to every you know weekend or whatever but even just to just to walk around in a new place like there are so few times in life where you really get that genuine opportunity to do that find um, a grocery store grocery store yeah walk through see what the people are like you know um because you're going to be living with them so you may as well see what it's like 
Also, uh, tell- if someone asks where a bubbler is or a time machine, it's okay. <laughs> Flap them. Uh, a, a bubbler is a water fountain by a better name. By its true name. Yes. Not like a, a time not, machine not like, is an ATM yeah. with a better name. But again, not like a water true fountain, name. like a water fountain, like a drinking fountain, not a water fountain, like a like a fountain in the middle of the park. We don't call fountains. Right, well, let's not get park. pedantic, James. Some people don't understand water phone. No, James is right. Yeah, yeah some people. There might be confusion. Uh, you know, no, there might be uneducated people out there. Yeah, there might be some people who are fucking stupid, but that's okay. <laughs> we're, we're, we are here to help you. All right. That's why we answer questions. Yep. Yes. Get a plant. Spruce up the apartment. Make it nice. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That way, the responsibility of trying to care for another living thing will. Uh, Get your mind off of the stress of moving. Yeah, that you're stuck gone. in the Midwest. Hey, no one's ever stuck here. That's not true. Yeah, they are. That's everyone that just lives here. I enjoy uh, the hey, Midwest. Hey, I will not. <laughs> but there are definitely people who are stuck here. Whoa. Yeah, that's also fair. <laughs> Our next question. How does it feel when guys make fun of you versus girls? Uh, with the further details, I know guys rub each other all the time. Does it make a difference if a girl makes the same? I love when women can joke. Oh my god. I think it's so great. Uh, I thought you were about to say I love when women insult me, and I was like, alright, James, well, this is not the podcast for that. <laughs> well, there's a very thin line between those two things, but sure. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I think it's like, uh, I think much in the same way that guys should be able to hang with like groups of girls and be able to kind of fit with that groove, I think it's an equally... um beneficial social skill for women to be able to 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 hang with the guys you know i think like not only in the sense of making things easier for you socially but genuinely in a way maybe you'll get some like insight into how guys like are with each other and uh that doesn't mean you have to necessarily agree with it i wouldn't ask that at all but um it does help just to see how the other half lives so i i love when women are able to like throw it back at you i think that's great I don't think it's like a gender thing for like, I think it's if I know the person or not, if like, cause if a dude just starts making fun of me, I'll be like, right jerk. Why? I don't even know you. But if it's like us and we're just having fun and like poking fun at each other, it's just like, okay. So I think it's not so much the gendered thing as it is just, do I know you? Are you a friend? (laughs) As someone who got a group chat, group voice call one time and my instant response to the like five other people who were already on was sup dirtbags it's definitely about if you know the people i well they could have been just dirtbags they could have been but uh i i called them all dirtbags because i knew them and they knew me and they're like oh yep hey sup dirtbag i I, see i would take it a step further i would argue because i like this principle but i would take it a step further and say it's contextual I'd say it doesn't even really depend. Like, there is a degree of definite dependence on whether or not you know somebody. But I think in the heat of the moment, if somebody's, like, joking around with you, even if it's a person I just met that night, that day, whatever, and I can tell it's in, like, good faith, like, they're trying to make an in in some way. Because especially with guys, like, it's how you, like, make your in, you know? It's like you... Like verbally roughhouse with guys, and I think if I can tell that a guy is doing that in earnest and not trying to be like dick or anything, um, then even if I don't necessarily know him, I'm like, all right, yeah, yeah, do this, why not? Oh, That's um, fair. If but a guy's trying also, to be like, like a said, douche, like very contextual, is incredibly contextual, and that is something that like rarely happens. I think naturally, I think like it's kind of special when it does. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think the final word on that is doesn't really make a difference as long as the context is adequate for the response. Our next question, what are some uncommon ways to enjoy college? James, you probably can't answer this. Uh, further details, sorry for the weird title, I am going to college in the fall and I don't plan to drink, join a frat, or party, regularly at least, for that matter. I'm already planning on joining some clubs, but I was wondering if there are some other tips you guys could give me for making friends slash having fun. Joining clubs. I didn't I didn't drink, I didn't party, I never joined a frat until well, until I was corrupted in the last year of college. Whatever. Welcome. Welcome. 
<laughs> what do you mean give you a break? That's a hundred percent true. No, 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 no. That did not happen because of me. All right, it that happened. happened I wasn't talking about you. Oh, oh, that's right. yeah, yeah. The- wow, so much man. for the humble James. Come on, <laughs> well, I not everything's about you. Not, you said things in a similar tone about me. It sounded pointed, <laughs> but this is fair. This is fair, right? So. Well, I mean, it could also apply to you, but I wasn't talking about you. Uh, so I would say clubs, though, are definitely your best bet. Join the tabletop gaming club. I feel like there's one in every uh, college, and it's it's fun. That's how I that's how I started fighting people with foam swords. Oh. Yeah, I would say too. join yeah. the outdoors club if there's an outdoors club. That too. That can be fun. That's like something where you're going to meet a lot of different people from a lot of different areas. And granted, they're all going to be like Elto Outdoors people. But you'd be surprised. You would hope. You, you, would, hope. you, you would hope. You would. But much in the same way with the Tabletop Gaming Club. You know, like always a different group of people who come. So yeah. I would say, I would say uh, yeah, I think, I think joining a club is a good idea. I would say like if you can, not not – uh, to submit to the lifestyle, just to <laughs> don't give it, in, just to see what it's like. Try to find your way to some party, just once, just to see what it's like. So you can say in a way that you were there at a college party at one time. <laughs> that I sound, was here. To their credit, I was they here. Do say, I like, they don't say that they're never going to party. They just don't plan to party regularly. No, and that's okay. That's totally fair. And in that case, I would say what I what, uh, what I said holds like yeah then 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 as long as you're keeping your options open because i would say the the one of the biggest lessons i think to learn in college is like um you learn how to define your principles and your boundaries and you also learn to loosen up a little bit learn that sometimes you just got to go with whatever's being handed to you and that doesn't mean you always have to be that way but sometimes you just gotta let go and i think like um, a mixture of both those things, like going to a tabletop gaming party one month and going to a frat party the next. Now, that's a diverse college experience. I'm going to recommend floor programs. If you're living in the dorms right now, your RAs are probably doing programs. There's, If it's anything like my experience, they're putting on four of them over the semester, at least, if not more, and other floors have them as well. You go to those... Even if nobody else is there, the RA is there, and they know people. They can t- introduce you to other people. It's it's that social circle building thing of, okay, I know the RA, and they can recommend Networking. me to other things. <laughs> or they'll be like, yo, uh, by getting to know the RA, like you befriend the RA for real, and you're just friends with the RA. And the RA is like, hey, we're going to watch a movie you want to come with. And you go, yeah, sure. Yeah, I would also say just hanging out in your dorm. Hopefully your dorm has a cool little lounge area. My freshman year, my dorm had one. My uh, my later years did not. And that made me very sad because freshman year, I would just hang out in our like on our floors lounge area and people would just wander in and out. And that's where we that's like how I got to know guys on the floor. And eventually we started doing like land parties where we would carry our desktops out into the common area and we would just scream and yell at each other while playing games. Uh, So if you like hang out on your floor, you can typically find other people on your floor that are uh, there'll probably be at least one person you can do something with like racing drones through hallways or building rockets (laughs) and launching them. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Good times. College is fun. And Can I go fun. back to that so I don't have to go to work tomorrow? It's called a master's I degree. Like, I like this. It's tempting. One final piece of uh, uh, uncommon enjoyment is like be con- like you you got to be confident a little bit at least enough to like introduce yourself and say hello to people and hang out yeah. with people and like be like hey I'm going to get dinner you want to come with like if you don't talk to them they won't talk to you yeah our last question this week anyone know where to source variously sized cardboard boxes for packaging no but i can get you some uranium oh right that's exactly what i need <laughs> i would say uh we'll UPS talk later. Post 
um, there should there are, uh, you wouldn't think it, but there are a lot of like cardboard or like paper retailers out there or wholesalers, I should say, that you could probably find. Home Depot. Um, I mean, Home Depot is probably one, honestly. Yeah. Uh, and if you need smaller than like packing is, if you're moving, post office. Post office. Yep. Yeah. 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 Shoe boxes. <laughs> Coffins. <laughs> if you gotta, if you gotta pack a body, yeah. <laughs> I just need a little spare room, you know what I mean? I'm getting this guy yeah. a coffin, you know? <laughs> He's gotta move. I'm gonna take know? this coffin and turn it into a bookshelf when I'm done. Yeah, it's not my fault. You know, this guy, my friend, he's gonna be moving soon. He needs a coffin. Hello. He, he needs a coffin to move? Yeah, you know, he's gonna be going away. <laughs> <laughs> he's going on a long trip. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, he's uh, he's going somewhere a little bit cooler, you know? He doesn't like the heat up here. He didn't leave me a forwarding address, but uh, I think he'll be six feet or below. Yeah, don't yeah. D isn't that a euphemism for uh? No, he's moved to the apartment downstairs. Oh, why does he need a coffin then? Because we gotta take Floor? care of him. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Just don't hurt me. <laughs> no, no, we're gonna just, we're gonna take. Just leave me alone. We're gonna make sure we take him to the doctor. We gotta, like we'll a, take good care of him. Good. Like a, a real doctor, like a other kind I of mean, doctor. He doesn't have a license anymore. He went to school. It was a real doctor. Is. Good when did this turn into a radio drama? I don't know, I don't but know. I'm loving it. Oh, <laughs> it's perfect. Hey, we should we should have a segment where like for five minutes we just put on like a. Improvised like a radio skit. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, like in Orson Welles, we should see if we could trick people to thinking there's an alien invasion happening. And we'd be that famous forever. That did. I'm pretty sure it's a, a No, it's it's overblown. Legend. There it is a bit of an urban legend. Are you telling me that early twentieth century American press was prone to exaggeration? That's no. ridiculous. <laughs> telling you that one part of the field was <laughs> Adolf Hitler seems like a... Watch out for Hitler. He's a bad egg. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> what is that from again? What is that? Oh, Archer. yeah. Uh -oh. <laughs> Hello, the 1940s called. They want your <laughs> their clothes and your crappy airplane back. Oh, yeah. And watch out for Hitler. He's a bad egg. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> all right. And scene. And scene. All right, boys. Same time next week. Time next week, RJ. And we'll take care of you. We'll take care of you real good. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. Well, that's scene. That's the end. <laughs> and no? that's the end of this week's episode. Thank you for joining, both of you. It was a pleasure. Thank you As to always. the band Problem of Interest for letting us use the song Living in the Moment off the album Cross Off Yesterday. You can find them on iTunes and Spotify and Facebook. Go check out their Facebook page, <laughs> see what they're up to. You can find us on iTunes and Spotify and wherever you get your podcasts. If you can't find it wherever you get your podcasts, let us know at one of the following social media links. Facebook, Better Buddies. Twitter, at Better Budcast, using the hashtag Better Buddies. Or our Gmail, BetterBuddiesCast at gmail.com. If you reach out and tell us you can't get our podcast on your podcasting program, we will fix that and make sure it's available to you. I don't know how you'd know this because we're 80-some episodes in. But you'll know. Uh, you but can also if they send can't us... hear it, how are they supposed to know to send in that they can't hear it? That's not my problem. Her <laughs> <laughs> <Fair> point. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> you can also send us fan mail, hate mail, fan art, hate art, declarations of love and or war. We will read those declarations out loud to our loving audience. Or if you have a question, you need us to answer because you need advice. And last but not least, be a better buddy. Dude, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hello. Um hello sir, but hello, I was having a, I've been having a time these past couple days cuz I did it. I did it. I watched 
Romeo and Juliet and The Great Gatsby and Moulin Rouge. I watched three, like, two-hour movies in two days. And I was like, hell yeah, I did it. I literally just finished Moulin Rouge. So, nice. um, I am, I, I had forgotten. I, uh, like I'd said, I'd seen The Great Gatsby, obviously. I had not seen all of Moulin Rouge. I'd seen none of Romeo and Juliet. Um, so, well, a lot to talk about, but yeah. Let's get the show RJ, started. I, Wait, what? Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I am surprised that you liked Moulin Rouge. Yeah, well, I'm not going to lie. I'll be surprised you, James. Let's, let's, uh, let's I, get the podcast started, though, because... Uh, hell yeah. 